Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Black Fashion History, your favorite Black history podcast that teaches you everything you need to know about the contributions of Black people all around the world to the luxury fashion industry. I am your host, Taniqua Russ, and I hope you all have been doing amazing. I'm not going to do too much talking today because I know you're anxious to hear about this episode's black fashion figure. So today we're going to be covering one of the most sought after bridal and fashion designer. Her name is Amsala Abira. Amsala was born on March 1st, 1954 in Ethiopia, where she learned to sew as a child. She always made dresses and her favorite pastime was cutting up her clothes to make dresses for her dolls, which she often got in trouble for. When she was 19 years old, she moved to the United States to attend college in Vermont to study commercial art. During her time in Vermont, her father was unfortunately imprisoned due to political unrest in Ethiopia, so her parents could no longer afford to pay her tuition at her college. She then had to move to Boston, where she worked a series of odd jobs in order to keep herself afloat. She eventually paid her way through Boston State College, where she earned a degree in political science. Later, she moved to New York and attended the Fashion Institute of Technology in Manhattan. While she always sewed and designed for herself and her friends, her career as a bridal designer did not begin until 1985 when she was planning her own wedding. She really wanted a dress with a modern silhouette, however, she could not find one in the midst of many of the gaudy and ornate designs of the 80s. So if we think back to the 80s, many of the wedding dresses were characterized by lots of puffy sleeves, laced, huge ball gowns, long trains, the complete opposite of what Amsala was looking for. So she figured she must not be the only person in New York who wanted something simple and chic and modern for their wedding day. So she decided to create her own dress. This births what we know today as the modern wedding dress. And modern wedding dresses can be described as dresses that are sleek and plain, but pays really close attention to fit silhouette and incorporates a lot of architectural details. In 1986, the year after her wedding, she began working on her dress label and her and her husband put an ad in Modern Bride magazine to announce their made-to-order brand. She started making dresses in her New York City apartment specifically for professional women. Then in the early 1990s, she introduced her first ever wholesale collection and she showed it to the owners of Kleinfeld Bridal, you know, the one that's on Say Yes to the Dress, and they purchased it on the spot. And this was her first wholesale account. So that's within four to six years of launching her label, she was able to get her first wholesale account at a huge bridal store. That was a clear sign of her making waves in the industry despite still being very small in terms of her production. And when I say small, I mean very much still creating things from the kitchen in her apartment. So during New York Fashion Week, she would turn her small New York City apartment into a runway show and she would invite buyers from all around the country into her apartment to see the collections that she created in that same space. 
If that's not an example of innovation and drive and the willingness to succeed, I have no idea what is. It was also in these moments where she began becoming known as the inventor of the modern wedding dress. So many of the wedding styles that were popular in the late 80s, early 90s, and even somewhere into the 2000s were huge gowns with lots of lace, puffy sleeves, beading, anything that showed that the bride was over the top. Whereas the Amsala label focused on fashion forwardness by way of design rather than detailing like lace flowers, beads, those kinds of things. In 1997, she opened her store on Madison Avenue, which if you know anything about fashion and you've listened to any of these episodes, you know that Madison Avenue is a big deal. To have a store on Madison Avenue is like you are the cream of the crop. It's the luxe of the luxe. Um, anyone who's anyone and anyone who has money is going to go out and shop on Madison Avenue. So for her as a black woman to have her bridal salon on Madison Avenue and to be a place where celebrities, dignitaries, high society people shop is great. In 2003, her business began to expand even further when she acquired the Kenneth Poole label, which included more glamorous and dramatic wedding gown designs. In 2005, she continued that expansion by acquiring another label, which was Crystal's, And in 2015, launched a lower price line of gowns, which she named Nouvelle Amsala. So if you're calculating, that is four wedding labels that is owned by this black woman and it's taking over the bridal industry. She has been featured twice in Ebony Magazine's Power 150 list of influential African Americans. And she received a Legacy Award at the 2012 Black Enterprise Women of Power Summit. During her career, she was a member of the Council of Fashion Designers of America, and she's a trustee of the Fashion Institute of Technology, her alma mater. She also served on the board of the Ethiopian Children's Fund, so that was part of her philanthropic efforts, and her designs have been seen on countless celebrities. So she's dressed Halle Berry, Julia Roberts, Selma Hayek, Katy Perry, Ariana Grande, Vivica Fox, and the list goes on and on. You can even see her wedding dresses appear in many popular movies like Runaway Bride, 27 Dresses, The Hangover, and it was even featured on Grey's Anatomy. In 2018, Amsala passed away at the age of 64. But you can still shop her wedding dresses today at bridal salons all around the country and online at amsale.com. And I absolutely love the fact that her brand is still existing today. One thing that I know you all have noticed as you've listened to Black Fashion History episodes is that a lot of the designers, their work is done or their label is done after their death. So it's beautiful that two years later, Amsala is still in business and you're still able to shop wedding dresses with the integrity and the passion of the brand that 
that she put into it when she was alive. So I encourage you to check it out at amsale.com if you can purchase something um, when that time is right. But let's continue to support black designers and make sure that their legacy lives well beyond them. Just like the Coco Chanel's and the Gucci's and the Ferragamo's and all of that. We want our brands to be legacy brands as well. And that's it, guys. Thank you again for tuning into another episode of Black Fashion History. I hope you've learned something. And if you have, please share this episode with a friend. Don't forget to check out our website at blackfashionhistory.com. There you'll find pictures and all of the sources that I use in every episode. Please also make sure to follow us on Instagram at Black Fashion History Podcast. But if you do nothing else, please join us again next week for another Black Fashion History installment. Bye-bye.